Chapter Eleven of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to El Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Eleven of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to El Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. To Yembur. On the eleventh of July, eighteen fifty-three, about dawn we left tour after a pleasant halt with the unpleasant certainty of not touching ground for thirty-six hours i passed the time in a steadfast contemplation of the web of my umbrella and in making the following meteorological remarks morning the air is mild and balmy as that of an italian spring thick mists roll down the valleys along the sea and a haze like a mother-of-pearl crowns the headlands the distant rocks show titanic walls lofty donjons huge projecting bastions and moats full of deep shade at their base runs a sea of amethyst and as earth receives the first touches of light their summits almost transparent mingle with the jasper tints of the sky nothing can be more delicious than this hour but as les plus belles choses ont les pires destins so lovely morning soon fades the sun burst up from behind the main a fierce enemy a foe that will force every one to crouch before him he dyes the sky orange and the sea incarnadine where its violet surface is stained by his rays and he mercilessly puts to flight the mists and haze and the little agate-coloured masses of cloud that were before floating in the firmament the atmosphere is so clear that now and then a planet is visible for the two hours following sunrise the rays are endurable after that they become a fiery ordeal the morning beams oppress you with a feeling of sickness their steady glow reflected by the glaring waters blinds your eyes blisters your skin and parches your mouth you now become a monomaniac you do nothing but count the slow hours that must minute by before you can be relieved footnote the reader who has travelled in the east will feel that i am not exaggerating and to convince those who know it only by description i will refer them to any account of our early campaigns in sind where many a european soldier has been taken up stone dead after sleeping an hour or two in the morning sun End of footnote midday the wind reverberated by the glowing hills is like the blast of limekiln all colour melts away with acanescence from above the sky is dead milk-white and the mirror-like sea so reflects the tint that you can scarcely distinguish the line of the horizon afternoon the wind sleeps upon the reeking shore there is a deep stillness the only sound heard is the melancholy flapping of the sail men are not so much sleeping as half senseless they feel as if a few more degrees of heat could be death sunset the enemy sinks behind the deep crullian sea under a canopy of gigantic rainbow which covers half the face of heaven nearest to the horizon is an arch of tawny orange above it another of the brightest gold and based upon these a semicircle of tender sea-green blends with a score of delicate gradations into the sapphire sky across the rainbow the sun throws its rays in the form of giant wheel-spokes tinged with a beautiful pink 
the eastern sky is mantled with a purple flush that picks out the forms of the hazy desert and the sharp-cut hills language is a thing too cold too poor to express the harmony and the majesty of this hour which is as evanescent however as it is lovely night falls rapidly when suddenly the appearance of the zodiacal light restores the scene to what it was Footnote. the zodiacal light on the red sea and in bombay is far brighter than in england i suppose this is the afterglow described by miss martineau and other travellers flashes of light like crossucations of the aurora borealis in pyramidal form would exactly describe the phenomenon it varies however greatly and often for more days together is scarcely visible End of footnote. again the grey hills and the grim rocks become rosy or golden the palms green the sand saffron and the sea wears a lilac surface of dimpling waves but after a quarter of an hour all fades once more the cliffs are naked and ghastly under the moon whose light falling upon its wilderness of white crags and pinnacles is most strange most mysterious night the horizon is all darkness and the sea reflects the white visage of the night sun as in a mirror of steel in the air we see giant columns of pallid light distinct based upon the indigo-coloured waves and standing with their heads lost in endless space the stars glitter with exceeding brilliance footnote nibur considers that the stars are brighter in norway than in the arabian deserts i never saw them so bright as on the nilgari hills and a footnote at this hour are river and hill and wood with all the numberless goings on of life inaudible as dreams while the planets look down upon you with the faces of smiling friends you feel the sweetness of the pleads you are bound by the bond of orion hesperus bears with him a thousand things in communion with them your hours pass swiftly by till the heavy dews warn you to cover up your face and sleep and with that one look at a certain little star in the north under which lies all that makes life worth living through surely it is a venial superstition to sleep with your eyes towards that kibla you fall into oblivion those thirty-six hours were a trial even to the hard-headed bedouin the syrian and his two friends fell ill Omar Effendi, it is true had the courage to say his sunset prayers but the exertions so altered him that he looked another man saleh shakkar in despair eight dates still threatened with dysentery Sa'ad the demon had rigged out for himself a cot three feet long which arched over with bent bamboo and covered with cloaks he had slung on to the labored side but the loud grumbling which proceeded from his nest proved that his precaution had not been a cure even the boy mohammed forgot to chatter to scold to smoke and to make himself generally disagreeable the turkish baby appeared to be dying and was not strong enough to wail how the poor mother stood her trials so well made every one wonder the most pleasant trait in my companions characters was the consideration they showed to her and their attention to her children whenever one of the party drew forth a little delicacy a few dates or a pomegranate they gave away a share of it to the children 
and most of them took their turns to nurse the baby this was genuine politeness kindness of heart it would be well for those who sweepingly accuse easterns of want of gallantry to contrast this trait of character with the savage scenes of civilization that take place among the overlands at cairo and suez footnote written in the days of the vans which preceded the railway End of footnote. no foreigner could be present for the first time without bearing away the lasting impression that the sons of great britain are model barbarians footnote. on one occasion i was obliged personally to exert myself to prevent a party of ladies being thrust into an old and bad transit van the ruder sex having stationed itself at some distance from the starting place in order to seize upon the best and a footnote. on board of the golden wire saleh shakkar was the sole base exception to the general geniality of my companions as the sun starts towards the west falling harmlessly upon our heads we arise still faint and dizzy calling for water which before we had not the strength to drink and pipes and coffee and similar luxuries our primitive kitchen is a square wooden box lined with clay and filled with sand upon which three or four large stones are placed to form a hearth preparations are now made for the evening meal which is of the simplest description a little rice a few dates or an onion will keep a man alive in our position a single good dinner would justify long odds against his seeing the next evening moreover it is impossible in such cases to have an appetite fortunately as our store of provision is a scanty one arabs consider it desirable on a journey to eat hot food once in the twenty-four hours so we determined to cook despite all difficulties the operation however is by no means satisfactory twenty expectants surround a single fire and there is sure to be a quarrel amongst them every five minutes as the breeze cooled by the dew begins to fan our parched faces we recover our spirits amazingly songs are sung tales are told and rough jests are bandied about till not unfrequently oriental sensitiveness is sorely tried or if we see the prospect of storm or calm we draw forth and piously peruse a hizb al as this prayer is supposed to make all safe upon the ocean wave i will not selfishly withhold it from the british reader to draw forth all its virtues the reciter should receive it from the hands of his murshid or spiritual guide and study it during the chilla or the forty days of fast of which i venture to observe few sons of bull are capable o allah o exalted o almighty o all-pitiful o all-powerful thou art my god and sufficeth to me the knowledge of it glorified be the lord my lord and glorified be the faith my faith thou givest victory to whom thou pleasest and thou art the glorious the merciful we pray thee for safety in our goings forth and our standing still in our words and our designs in our dangers of temptation and doubt and the secret designs of our hearts subject unto us this sea even as thou didst subject the deep to musa 
moses and as thou didst subject the fire to ibrahim or abraham footnote abraham for breaking his father's idols was cast by nimrod into a fiery furnace which forthwith became a garden of roses see chapter twenty one of the quran called the prophets and a footnote and as thou didst subject the iron to dawood or david footnote david worked as an armourer but the steel was as wax in his hands and a footnote and as thou didst subject the wind and the devils and the jinnis and mankind to Suleiman or solomon footnote solomon reigned over the three orders of created beings the fable of his flying carpet is well known see chapter twenty seven of the quran called the ant and a footnote and as thou didst subject the moon and al-buraq to muhammad upon whom allah's mercy and his blessings and subject unto us all the seas in earth and heaven in thy visible and in thine invisible worlds the sea of this life and the sea of futurity o thou who reignest over everything and unto whom all things return khias 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 footnote these are mystic words and entirely beyond the reach of dictionaries and vocabularies and a footnote and lastly we lie down upon our cribs wrapped up in thickly padded cotton coverlets we forget the troubles of the past day and we care not for the discomforts of that to come late on the evening of the eleventh of july we passed in sight of the narrow mouth of al aqaba whose famosi roops are a terror to the voyagers of these latitudes like the gulf of cambay here a tempest is said to be always brewing and men raise their hands to pray as they cross it we had no storm that day from without but a fierce one was about to burst within our ship the essence of oriental discipline is personal respect based upon fear therefore it often happens that the commanding officer if a mild old gentleman is the last person whose command is obeyed his only privilege being that of sitting apart from his inferiors and such was the case with our rais on the present occasion irritated by the refusal of the maghrabis to stand out of the steerman's way and excited by the prospect of losing sight of shore for a whole day he threatened one of the fellows with his slipper it required all our exertions even to a display of the dreaded quarter staves to calm the consequent excitement after passing al aqaba we saw nothing but sea and sky and we spent a weary night and day tossing upon the waters our only exercise every face brightened as about sunset on the twelfth of july we suddenly glided into the mooring place Mersa or anchorage Damra, or rather Dumeira, is scarcely visible from the sea. Footnote. In Morsebi's survey, Sherm Demera, or the creek of Demera, Ali Bey calls it Demek. End of footnote. An islet of limestone rock defends the entrance, leaving a narrow passage to the south. It is not before he enters that the mariner discovers the extent and depth of this creek which indents far into the land and offers fifteen to twenty feet of fine clear anchorage which no swell can reach inside it looks more like a lake and at night its colour is gloriously blue as geneva itself 
i could not help calling to mind after dinner the old school lines es in successo longo locus in sulla portum efficit objectu laterum quibi somnis abalto frangitur in scindit sese unda reductos nothing was wanted but the atrum nemus where however shall we find such luxuries in arid arabia the rais as usual attempted to deter us from landing by romancing about the bedouins and ascopards representing them to be folk right felonous and foul of the cursed kind to which we replied by shouldering our nab boots and scrambling into the cock-boat on shore we saw a few wretched-looking beings johanna or hutaim seated upon heaps of dried wood which they sold to travellers and three boatloads of syrian pilgrims who had preceded us Footnote. see the land of midian revisited for a plan of al dumeira and a description of al wijah or al bahr these men of the bani johanna or johanna tribe the bani kalb as they are also called must not be trusted they extend from the plains north of yambur into the sinaitic peninsula they boast no connection with the great tribe al harb but they are of noble race are celebrated for fighting and it is said have good horses the specimens we saw at marsa dumeira were poor ones they had few clothes and no arms except the usual jambiya crooked dagger by their civility and their cringing style of address it was easy to see that they had been corrupted by intercourse with strangers and a footnote. we often envied them their small swift craft with their double latin sails disposed in hair ears which about even tied in the far distance looked like a white gull alighting upon the purple wave and they justified our jealousy by arriving at yambur two days before us the pilgrims had bivouacked upon the beach and were engaged in drinking their after-dinner coffee they received us with all the rights of hospitality as natives of al medina should everywhere be received we sat an hour with them ate a little fruit satisfied our thirst smoked their pipes and when taking leave blessed them then returning to the vessel we fed and lost no time in falling asleep the dawn of the next day saw our sail flapping in the idle air and it was not without difficulty that in the course of the forenoon we entered which harbour distant from dumeira but a very few miles alwija is also a natural anchorage in no way differing from that where we passed the night except in being smaller and shallower and less secure from this place to cairo the road is safe the town is a collection of round huts mainly built of round stones and clustering upon a piece of elevated rock on the northern side of the creek it is distant about six miles from the inland fort of the same name which receives the egyptian caravan and which thrives like its port by selling water and provisions to the pilgrims the little bazaar almost washed every day by high tide provided us with mutton rice baked bread and the other necessaries of life at a moderate rate luxuries were also to be found a druggist sold me an ounce of opium at a chinese price with reeling limbs we landed at alwije footnote it is written wish and alwije by ali bey it is written vajje and wajje wadje and wash by burkhardt and wedge by moresby and a footnote and finding a large coffee-house above and near the beach we installed ourselves there 
but the persians who preceded us had occupied all the shady places outside and were correcting their teeth with their case-knives we were forced to content ourselves with the interior it was a building of artless construction consisting of little but a roof supported by wooden posts roughly hewn from date trees round the tamed earth floor ran a raised bench of unbaked brick forming a diwan for mats and sleeping rugs in the centre a huge square matabba or platform answered a similar purpose here and there appeared attempts at long and side walls but these superfluities had been allowed to admit daylight through large gaps in one corner stood the apparatus of the gahwaji an altar-like elevation also of earthenwork containing a hole for charcoal fire upon which were three huge coffee-pots dirtily tinned near it were ranged the shishas or egyptian hookahs old exceedingly unclean and worn by age and hard work a wooden framework pierced with circular apertures supported a number of porous earthenware gulles gargoyles or monkey jars full of cold sweet water the charge of each was as usual in el hijaz five paras such was the furniture of the cafe and the only relief to the barrenness of the view was a fine mellowing atmosphere composed of smoke steam flies knots in about equal proportions i have been diffuse in my description of the coffee-house as it was a type of its class from alexandria to Aden, the traveller will everywhere meet with buildings of the same kind our happiness in this paradise for such was to us after the golden wire was nearly sacrificed by sad the demon whose abominable temper led him at once into a quarrel with the master of the cafe and the latter an ill-looking squint-eyed low-browed broad-shouldered fellow showed himself no wise unwilling to meet the demon half-way the two worthies after a brief bandying of bad words seized each other's throats leisurely so as to give the spectators time and encouragement to interfere but when friends and acquaintances were hanging on to both heroes so firmly that they could not move hand or arm their wrath as usual rose till it was terrible to see the little village resounded with the war and many a sturdy knave rushed in sword or cudgel in hand so as not to lose the sport during the heat of the fray a pistol which was in omar Afendi's hand went off accidentally of course and the ball passed so close to the tins containing the black and muddy mocha that it drew attention of all parties as if by magic the storm was lulled a friend recognized sad the demon and swore that he was no black slave but a soldier at al medina no waiter but a knight templar this caused him to be looked upon as a rather distinguished man and he proved his right to the honour by insisting that his late enemy should feed with him and when the other decorously hung back by dragging him to dinner with loud cries my alias that day was severely tried besides the persian pilgrims a number of nondescripts who came in the same vessel were hanging about the coffee-house lying down smoking drinking water bathing and picking their teeth with their daggers one inquisitive man was always at my side he called himself a pathan or an afghan settled in india he could speak five or six languages he knew a number of people everywhere and he had travelled far and wide over central asia these fellows are always good detectors of an incognito 
i avoided answering his questions about my native place and after telling him that i had no longer name or nation being a derwish i asked him when he insisted upon my having been born somewhere to guess for himself to my joy he claimed me for brother Pathan, and in course of conversation he declared himself to be the nephew of an afghan merchant a gallant old man who had been civil to me at cairo we then sat smoking together with effusion becoming confidential he complained that he a sunni or orthodox muslim had been abused maltreated and beaten by his fellow-travellers the heretical persian pilgrims i naturally offered to arm my party to take up our cudgels and to revenge my compatriot this thoroughly Suleimanian style of doing business could not fail to make him sure of his man he declined however wisely remembering that he had nearly a fortnight of the persian society still to endure but he promised himself the gratification when he reached mecca of sheathing his sharay in the chief offender's heart footnote sharay is a terrible afghan knife End of footnote. at eight a m on the fourteenth of july we left al after passing a night tolerably comfortable by contrast in the coffee-house we took with us the stores necessary for though our rais had promised to anchor under jebel hesseni that evening no one believed him we sailed among ledges of rock golden sand green weeds and in some places through yellow lines of what appeared to me at a distance foam after a storm all day a sailor sat upon the masthead looking at the water which was as transparent as blue glass and shouting out the direction this precaution was somewhat stultified by the roar of voices which never failed to mingle with the warning but we wore every half an hour and we did not run aground about midday we passed sheikh hassan al-marabit's tomb it is the usual domed and whitewashed building surrounded by the hovels of its guardians standing upon a low flat island of yellow rock vividly reminding me of certain scenes in sind its dreary position attracts to it the attention of passing travellers the dead saint has a prayer and a fatiha for the good of his soul and the live sinner wends his way with religious refreshment near sunset the wind came on to blow freshly and we cast anchor together with the persian pilgrims upon a rock this was one of the celebrated coral reefs of the red sea and the sight justified forskal's emphatic description luxus lusus que nature it was a huge ledge or platform rising but a little above the level of the deep the water side was perpendicular as the wall of a fort and whilst a frigate might have floated within a yard of it every ripple dashed over the reef replenishing the little basins and hollows in the surface the colour of the waves near it was as vivid amethyst in the distance the eye rested upon what appeared to be meadows of brilliant flowers resembling those of earth only far brighter and more lovely nor was this land of the sea wholly desolate gulls and terns here swam the tide there seated upon the coral devoured their prey in the air troops of birds contended noisily for a dead flying fish Footnote these arabs in their vulgar tongue called jarad al-bahr or sea locusts as they term the shrimp burghut al-bahr or the sea flea such compound words palpably derived from land objects 
prove the present ichthyophagi and a bedouin living on the coast to be a race originally from the interior pure and ancient arabs still have at least one uncompounded word to express every object familiar to them and it is in this point that the genius of the language chiefly shows itself and a footnote and in the deep they chased a shoal which in fright and hurry to escape the pursuers veiled the surface with spray and foam and as night came on the scene shifted displaying fresh beauties shadows clothed the background whose features dimly revealed allowing full scope to the imagination in the forepart of the picture lay the sea shining under the rays of the moon with a metallic lustre while its border where the wavelets dashed upon the reef was lit by what the arabs call the jewels of the deep brilliant flashes of phosphoric light giving an idea of splendour which art would vainly strive to imitate footnote the arab superstition is that these flashes of light are jewels made to adorn the necks and hair of the mermaids and mermen when removed from their native elements the gems fade and disappear if i remember right there is some idea similar to this among the scotch and other northern people End of footnote. altogether it was a bit of a fairyland a spot for nymphs and sea-gods to distort upon you might have heard without astonishment old Porteus calling his flocks with a wreathed conch and aphrodite seated in her shell would have been only a fit and proper climax for its loveliness but as philosophically remarked by sir colleen the knight every white must have its black and every sweet its sour this charming coral reef was nearly being the scene of an ugly accident the breeze from seaward set us slowly but steadily towards the reef a fact of which we soon became conscious our anchor was not dragging it had not rope enough to touch the bottom and vainly we sought for more in fact the golden wire was disgracefully deficient in all appliances of safety as any english merchantman in the nineteenth century a circumstance which accounts for the shipwrecks and for the terrible loss of life perpetually occurring about the pilgrimage season in the seas had she struck upon the razor-like edges of the coral reef she would have melted away like sugar-plum in the ripple for the tide was rising at the time having nothing better to do we began to make as much noise as possible fortunately for us the rais commanding the persian boat was an arab from jeddah and more than once we had treated him with great civility guessing the cause of our distress he sent two sailors overboard with a cable they swam gallantly up to us and in a few minutes we were safely moored to the stern of our useful neighbour which done we applied ourselves to the grateful task of beating our rais and richly had he deserved it before noon the wind was shifting he had not once given himself the trouble to wear and when the breeze was falling he preferred dozing to take advantage of what little wind remained with energy we might have been moored that night comfortably under the side of hassani island instead of flowing about on an unquiet sea with a lee shore of coral reef within few yards of our counter at dawn the next day july fifteenth we started we made jabal hassani about noon footnote the word jabal will frequently occur in these pages it is applied by the arabs to any rising ground or heap of rocks 
therefore must not be always translated as mountain in the latter sense it has found its way into some mediterranean dialects gibraltar is jabal al-tariq and also man ethan that man clepen mount jebel is mont jebello the mountain par excellence End of footnote. and an hour or so before sunset we glided into marsa mahar our resting place resembled marsa dumeira at a humble distance the sides of the cove however were bolder and more precipitous the limestone rocks presented a peculiar appearance in some parts the base and walls had crumbled away leaving a coping to project like a canopy in others the wind and rain had cut deep holes and pierced the friable material with caverns that looked like the work of art there was a pretty opening of backwood at the bottom of the cove the palm trees in the blue distance gladdened our eyes which pined for the sight of something green the rais as usual would have terrified us with a description of the hutaim tribe that holds these parts and i knew from wellstead and moresby that it is a debased race but forty-eight hours of cramps on board ship would make a man think lightly of a much more imminent danger wading to shore we cut our feet with the sharp rocks i remember to have felt the acute pain of something running into my toe but after looking at the place and extracting what appeared to be a bit of thorn i dismissed the subject little guessing the trouble it was to give me footnote it was most probably a prickle of the egg-fruit or echinus so common in these seas generally supposed to be poisonous i found it impossible to cure my foot in al-hijaz and every remedy seemed to make it worse this was as much effect of the climate of arabia as the hardships and privations of a pilgrimage after my return to egypt in the autumn the wound healed readily without medical treatment End of footnote. having scaled the rocky side of the cove we found some half-naked arabs lying in the shade they were unarmed and had nothing about them except their villainous countenance wherewith to terrify the most timid these men still live in limestone caves like the talmud tribe of tradition also they are ichthyophagi existing without any other subsistence but what the sea affords they were unable to provide us with dates flesh or milk but they sold us a kind of fish called in india buoy broiled upon the embers it proved delicious after we had eaten and drunk and smoked we began to make merry and the persians who fearing to come on shore had kept to their conveyance appeared proper butts for the wit of some of our party one of us stood up and pronounced the orthodox call to prayer after which the rest joined in polemical hymn exalting the virtues and dignity of the first three caliphs footnote abu bakr umar and uthman and a footnote then as general on such occasion the matter was made personal by informing the persians in a kind of rhyme sung by the meccan gamins that they were the slippers of ali and the dogs of umar but as they were too frightened to reply my companions gathered up their cooking utensils and returned to the golden wire melancholy like disappointed candidates for the honours of donnybrook our next day was silent and weary 
for we were all surly and heartily sick of being on board ship we should have made yamba in the evening but for the laziness of the rais having duly beaten him we anchored on the open coast insufficiently protected by a reef and almost in sight of our destination in the distance rose jabal radwa or radwa footnote i found both these forms of writing the word in books moresby or rather mr rassam erroneously spelt it ridwa End of footnote. one of the mountains of paradise in which arnold arabia abounds in the future chapter when describing a visit to mount ahead near al medina i shall enter into some details about these mountains of paradise End of footnote. it is celebrated by poetry as well as by piety did radwa strive to support my woes radwa itself would be crushed by the weight says antara footnote. the translator however earnestly informs us in a footnote that radwa is a mountain near mecca End of footnote. it supplies al medina with horns i heard much of its valleys and fruits and bubbling springs but afterwards i learned to rank these tales with the superstitious legends which are attached to it gazing at its barely and ghastly height one of our party whose wit was soured by the want of fresh bread surlily remarked that such a heap of ugliness deserved ejection from heaven an irreverence too public to escape general denunciation we waded on shore cooked there and passed the night we were short of fresh water which combined with other grievances made us as surly as bears said the demon was especially vicious his eyes gazed fixedly on the ground his lips protruded till you might have held up his face by them his mouth was garnished with bad wrinkles and he never opened it but he grumbled out a wicked word he solaced himself that evening by crawling slowly on all fours over the boy mohammed taking scrupulous care to place one knee upon the sleeper's face the youth awoke in fiery rage we all roared with laughter and the sulky negro after savouring the success of his spite grimly but as half satisfied rolled himself like a hedgehog into a ball and resolving to be offensive even in his forgetfulness snored violently all night we slept upon the sands and arose before dawn in july seventeenth determined to make the rais start in time that day a slip of land separated us from our haven but the wind was foul and by reason of rocks and shoals we had to make a considerable detour it was about noon on the twelfth day after our departure from suez when after slowly beating up the narrow creek leading to yamber harbour we sprang into our shore-boat and felt a new life when bidding an eternal adieu to the vile golden wire i might have escaped much of this hardship and suffering by hiring a vessel to myself there would then have been a cabin to retire into at night and shade from the sun however the voyage would have lasted five not twelve days but i wished to witness the scenes on board a pilgrim ship scenes so much talked of by the moslem palmer home returned moreover the hire was exorbitant ranging from forty to fifty liras and it would have led to a greater expenditure as the man who can afford to take a boat must pay in proportion during his land journey in these countries 
you perforce go on as you begin to break one's expenditure that is to say to retrench expenses is considered all but impossible we have now left the land of egypt End of chapter 11